you gotta like what would happen if we had Kirk Cousins? We'd have Viking Viking lukewarm takes. You're like you'd be like water's wet if you're on the show. The sky is blue. It's like true, but definitely definitely not hot takes. Check down takes. Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Viking Hot Takes. Welcome to week nine. The Minnesota Vikings at the Baltimore Ravens. Minnesota coming off another grenade game. That's what I call them. It happens every year. They, they they just have a dud. But hey, Sunday presents another opportunity, another chance to stay in this playoff hunt in the NFC. So buckle up and let's go. Fans already in the comments giving their takes. Eric, how are you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing just fine. Another wonderful primetime game to watch for the Vikings. Um, so if if that was a grenade game, it was going against Lamar Jackson this Sunday like a nuclear warhead game, or it's just going to get blown up. But, but that's, the, that's the great thing about the Vikings. You have no idea what the problems are going to be from week to week or the solutions or who's going to play well or who's going to play. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's getting to the do-or-die territory. And uh, it, it seems like the latter right now. But, again, where there are still – 10 games left in the season, so there's a lot of season left. A lot of season left. And, hey, there's a lot of show left, too, right now. But we're going to put the clock up on the board. 20 minutes, six questions. Fans, share your takes in the comments. Let's get started, Dave. Eric, can the defense overcome Daniil Hunter's injury? it's, It's going to be tough. I mean, we saw how anemic the pass rush was without him last season. And, of course, well, we have Everson Griffin's resurgence, and that has been very nice. Hunter's kind of irreplaceable. I mean, he he came all the way back from that neck injury that kept him out. And that, it is such a – on a personal level and a financial level for Daniel Hunter, he kind of bet on himself by just kind of uh, – kicking his extension down the road. But now after, now that he's out for the season, he's going to have missed 26 out of 33 games in basically, you know, his what it was supposed to be his absolute apex prime of, of age. Right. And I have yeah. no doubt that he'll come back and be a good player, but that's that's really hard to replace. But putting that aside and just for the short term, defense overcome it. I mean, DJ Wonham has played a little better lately, but I mean, I think overall it's kind of been d- disappointing for him. Um, we, we, uh, we definitely know it's not going to be Jonah Williams uh, after he failed his physical today. So that's, that's kind of a bummer, but they did pick up uh, the journeyman Nate Orchard. So maybe that he'll be the savior of, of the pass rush. Um, but yeah, in serious, it's, it's going to take, uh, it's going to have to be by committee. It's unfortunately, you know, the, the coaching staff has been preaching, trying to kind of, keep Griff on a pitch count. I don't think that's a luxury they can afford anymore. They're going to have to you know, keep yeah. uh, riding him until they uh, tell the wheels fall off basically. So um, overall, sure. I, I think they can, you know, they can overcome it, but it's going to, it's going to make a stretch of the schedule and the rest of the season. That was already difficult. Thanks to Sunday's dud. It's going to make it even that much more difficult. Do you think they can do it? Yeah. What, what uh, concerns me is 
clearly Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer may not think that they can overcome it because they're on the waiver wire trying to pick up Jonah Williams, who failed his physical. They're apparently, Judd Zalgag reported today that they tried to trade for Kelly Von Chason, a, a player for the Jaguars who has two sacks in 23 games. And this defense was predicated on pass rush, especially this year. Last year, they could not overcome Daniil Hunter's injury. This year, I think he was the centerpiece. Even more than Eric Hendricks, Daniil Hunter has been the strength of this team because we've been good at one thing, rushing the passer. That's been what we specialized in. So they are going to have to figure out a way to do that. I agree with you. Everson Griffin probably is going to have to remain you know, on a pitch count or he's just going to slow down after a couple games. I think blitzing might be the only way to truly overcome it. Maybe you stress the secondary more, leaving them on man coverage. But, you know, you look at the Cowboys game, it was Xavier Woods is getting a sack. It was Eric Kendricks getting a sack. It wasn't just the front four. So they are going to have to blitz more. It is going to be a testament to Mike Zimmer on can he continue to have an effective defense, eighth defense in the NFL right now. But now can he do it without Daniel Hunter? Yeah, that's going to be really tough. And you touched on it. The, the secondary is going to be a very tough thing to do. And I think that transitions nicely because Zimmer is going to have to coach for his life because I that's my first question. Is Mike Zimmer a dead coach walking right now? Look at these comments. This is amazing. I see you, Jablonski. Um, is Mike Zimmer Everyone's a dead coach walking? Real quick, I think a lot of fans want Mike Zimmer gone right now, which is funny that you're asking this question, Eric, because last time we had this show, I asked you, I asked you, where did, where did Mike Zimmer rank, you know, in the, in the coaching ranks of the NFL? You, you had some takes that said he was up there and now two weeks later, Zimmer's trend. Fire Zimmer is trending. So what happened? Well, I think it's it's not just Sunday. That's not the problem. It, it's it's an accumulative effect. I think what frustrates even the most diehard Zimmer supporters, and I probably consider myself one of those, it's mm-hmm. it seems like we've seen the ceiling of this team. It's we're stuck in that mediocre middle. It's It's the, we can't get out of, you know, the team will never bottom out well enough to, to, you know, blow it up and get a draft pick, but they'll never really reach the the goals that every Vikings fan wants. It's, it's really tough. It's that I personally kind of think that unless they really turn it around um, and they're going to have to, it's not just making the playoffs. I don't think if they sneak in, because we'll touch on this later, like it's, it's going to have to be, a deep playoff run, but I, right now it seems like they're going to probably slog to somewhere between seven and nine wins, maybe sneak in and get destroyed by a higher mm-hmm. seed, best case. And that's not going to be enough. So unless something dramatically changes over these last 10 games, I, I don't see how he survives the season. See, I, and, and I'm going to have to disagree there because we said it in the offseason, make the playoffs. If he makes the playoffs – be in a very weird place because a lot of people are just assuming we're not going to make them right now. If we don't, I get it. He's fired, but right. <laughs> they're only one game out. 
And, you know, I personally cannot see them making the playoffs. I can't see that. I don't see six wins left on this schedule. I see five if they don't blow it. And blowing it is what this 2021 team does best. So, sure, if he doesn't make the playoffs, I get it. But it would take a blowout in the first round of the playoffs for a coach and a team that always plays teams close no matter when they're playing. So I'm just saying, you know, so you all but do you think is- he's around, so you you just so if they make the playoffs, you think he survives no matter what unless they absolutely get destroyed. If they if they go yeah. first round yeah. wild card round, keep it relatively close within a score or something like that, he's they they're, they're going to keep him around. Yeah, if they oh, a, if they <laughs> if they go six and four to make the playoffs, they make the playoffs at nine and eight. They beat they lose to the two seed on a last second field goal or on a like by a five point loss. I'm just saying, we've been here before. We've seen what happens. Okay, all right. Well, we're, we have a little more playoff talk at the end here, and we we want to be conscious of our time. We're already seven minutes in. So, what's your next mm-hmm. question? Uh. When do we get to see Wyatt Davis? I'm ready. Uh, I mean, I think if Udo can, can, continues to struggle and the season continues to go south, that's when it's it certainly seems realistic. I don't think it's going to happen relatively soon. I think it's still going to take a few weeks of both of those things happening. Because as iffy as Udo has been after a pretty promising start... I'm still a pretty big believer in continuity on the offensive line. I mean, that's it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows for this offensive line. There's been good games. There's been a couple of real stinkers. And I think the, the Dallas game was much more towards the latter than the former. But, I mean, at least they've had the same five starters up until now this coming week, where uh, it sounds like uh, it's very possible that Garrett Bradbury is going to have to miss because of COVID protocol. Good thing is, uh, unlike the quarterback in Green Bay, he actually did get vaccinated and he told the truth about it. So that's nice. Uh, so he can get back faster than another person, uh, another person that's been in the headlines. But I I think, you know, so maybe Mason Cole makes it better and, and, you know, he helps Odudo, but I have learned my lesson with the Vikings offensive line. Never at, Oh, you know, Oh, Bradbury has been strustruggling so bad, especially in the pass rush. Uh, you know, it can't get any worse. Never ever say that about the offensive line for the Vikings. Cause it can always get worse. So, but um, yeah, I think Davis, it's, it's definitely in the mix. I still don't see it as a an immediate kind of change, where even within the next week or two, unless something happens to Udo where it's just a, a catastrophe or the season keeps going south, just because of that continuity. And that is a, an important thing in the offensive line. I, I just don't get this take. Like, Garrett Bradbury is not good. He's pathetically well, the, bad. He's I terrible. Could, I couldn't agree with more. I couldn't agree more, but like I don't mediocre. think we can. He's terrible. He's it's... 17 pressures is the most allowed among centers in the NFL right now. Five pen- penalties, second most. Ole Udo is not good. He's like a young Dakota Dozier. 18 pressures allowed, top That's 10 me. among guards. Nine penalties, mo- second most. These are the worst players on the team. So if you think that the only way the Vikings improve is through better coaching or better quarterback play, I get that. But if you think that this is something that needs, we need the roster to improve across the board, that we need our players to play better, again, these are the worst players on the team. 
get them off the field. It's like having Shamar Steven in the early in in the late teens. There we have two Shamar Stevens playing offensive line now instead of one playing defensive line. Get them. I don't care who replaces them. Get them off the field. Well, you got your wish with with Bradbury. It's it, it just from everything that I've heard and, and read, it sounds like Wyatt Davis is just a guard right now. So that's why, like the Bradbury thing, I'd be much more tuned to that because I think we have seen enough of Bradbury, which stinks because that's another whiff that uh, of of the front office because that's a first round draft pick that hasn't even come close to to living up to his potential. But yeah, that's it. I think we're going to see Wyatt Davis sometime this year. I just don't think it's going to be right away, like a lot of people, like you. I uh, think it will be. Okay. I'm getting hot. All right. I'm getting hot. Well, uh, speaking of offensive struggles, wow, we're, we're transitioning so perfectly because there's so much to be mad about. <laughs> um, uh, so who's most to blame for the offensive struggles? Kirk Cousins is. It, don't, don't come at me with he's oh, been playing great. People are going to be coming. To trust Kirk with the football is just to not have a memory. You don't remember? Is this... Is this Dallas game the first time you remembered him going into a shell? How can that be? Is 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 do you not remember Kirk fumbling the ball all over the place and throwing multiple interceptions early and late in games? Do you remember when the Vikings could not put it together an opening drive to save their life because of Kirk Cousins? Stop it with the short memory. Surpri- Sunday was not a surprise. He has like multiple games in each year of his eight-year career that tell you that you cannot trust this guy. So when the coaches don't trust him, we don't got to do the men in black flash stick to the coaches. Maybe we just need a quarterback (laughs) who doesn't implode when you give him the reins. Mike Zimmer kind of has a right to be scared about Kirk Cousins at times. Because Kirk doesn't generate good memories. The fans are scarred. The coaches are scarred. Kirk Cousins might be good at football, but he is not trustworthy. I love it. That was I had to take a drink during your take because that was that spicy. It was it was really uh, incredibly spicy. That was that was one of the hotter takes we've had of this whole season. And I I really think, yes, Cousins is absolutely a piece of this blame. It just seems like a big game of rock, paper, scissors to me. Everything is is making everything else worse. Because after the play calling, after the first drives, first drives have been great. Good job scripting. Why don't you make the whole game plan out of the scripting plays? You know, like do take those deep shots. Don't be afraid. It really feels like this entire offense and kind of this whole organization right now. And and Andre Patterson touched 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 on it during his uh press conference. Everyone is playing scared right now. Everyone is playing. Everyone is trying to be the. They don't want to be the guy that makes the mistake that costs the team a game. And then when everyone is doing that, the entire team screws up and, and costs the team the game. That's why you're seeing all of this at the end of halves on both sides of the ball. It's no one wants to try to step up and make the big play. Everyone's playing cautious, and then the other team basically can do whatever they want on both sides of the ball. It's yes, cousins. I mean, it drives me absolutely insane. I um to see that there's some opportunities there, but you know, like if, if when the offensive line is pay, playing bad, it feeds into Kirk Cousins playing poorly. And then it feeds into Clint Kubiak calling plays poorly. And then it feeds into Zimmer getting all discombobulated with his 
clock management because the game's close when it shouldn't be close because the last three games, they should have put a, the, all three of those teams away by multiple touchdowns well before the fourth quarter. They never can do that because everyone is playing afraid. And that's, that's the one thing that needs to change. There is enough talent on this team and there is enough opportunity in this conference that we'll talk about in a little bit to make the playoffs. But until they actually step up and kind of wing it and, you know, okay, a, a turnover here and there, that's fine. You know, that, if that's it, the if one like, thing like, Kirk doesn't do is he doesn't wing it. He's, no, that's, and, he that, and that's why it. he has to, yeah, yeah I, that's why I don't think the season's going in the right direction by any means, but I don't think he's the only one to blame. You can definitely say he's the biggest part of the blame, but there is a lot to go around. I mean, God forbid Kirk Cousins go over to the sidelines and say, look, we need to open things up. He's never said or call that, a timeout. He never or call a timeout. If he's not going to call a timeout, he's not going to call a timeout. Kubiak's all the way up in the booth. Tell him, go mm-hmm. over on the sideline, tell him to open things up. He's never. He doesn't do that because he's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> it's like the same Spider-Man meme. Everyone's just pointing at each other, blaming each other right now. <laughs> Eric, we we got five minutes left. All right. Final questions. How how will Minnesota attack Baltimore's weakness? I mean, it's, they don't have a ton of them, in my opinion. But like their defense has been kind of average overall so far. They're they're twenty fourth in defensive DVOA, and the the one thing that's absolutely certain to short circuit this offense, which is a decent pass rush, um, they're twenty fifth in PFF pass rush grade. So the the one thing that you can be certain that will make the Vikings play poorly, they're not they don't really excel. This isn't the the two thousand and you know the the Super Bowl Baltimore defense. They do a lot on the offensive side. I think the Baltimore offense is going to present a ton of problems for the Vikings, especially with Hunter out, especially with Patrick Peterson still. Out. But if the Vikings can actually move the ball, actually take a couple shots, actually mix up the play calling, maybe, you know, throw the ball past the sticks on third down and keep these drives alive and keep Lamar Jackson off the field. That's the only way that they, they keep this close and maybe eke out a win. They're, I mean, they have they have the players. They have Justin Jefferson. They have Adam Thielen. Even, you know, Con- that was the, you know, Conklin had a nice play down in the first half last week. It's just the I think. The one thing that completely, you know, I think the Vikings should be able to move the ball. Whether they choose to actually do that and and accentuate their strengths, that's another thing to, to be seen. But I think you, there are places you can go at, especially in the defense. And um, I, their interior uh, run defense hasn't been outstanding either. So if they can control the ball, get Dalvin Cook going, but not depend on the run so much where they're so predictable, the, the old run, run, pass stuff, I think they can finally do that. But again, that's... There are so many ifs. It's it's tough for me to think that they can put it all together. But that's it's they're really going to have to do it on the off- offensive side of the ball. And from what we've seen, the last couple home games, and it hasn't been promising enough. I don't think. Yeah, this is pass the ball or die trying against Baltimore. When you look at you said sure. like that pass defense, weak pass rush. They've I I don't know who Anthony Averett is. I don't know who Tavon Young is. I do know that Marlon Humphrey just got roasted for 200 yards by Jamar Chase. Burrow threw for 400. Please pass the ball. Like, this is bigger than this one game because if Justin Jefferson has two targets after what his his buddy Jamar Chase just did, 
I mean, JJ, right. I, he he just might quit. We might we might lose him right here. Have to load. We're gonna get another dick. We're gonna get another dick. Yeah. Yep. You, we you have to launch the ball down the field. You have to give it a shot. Yes. All right. Agreed. So for the last right. one, okay. So after all this doom and gloom, like we touched on, the Vikings are still kind of in the thick of it. They're just a half a game out. So. I mean, we, I think we have the top five teams pretty well set in the NFC, but the six and seven seed are kind of still wide open. So my question, my final question mm-hmm. to you is, which team is going to get the seventh seed in the NFC? The current seventh seed are the Carolina Panthers at four and four. The yep. Vikings are the eighth seed. I th- the San Francisco 49ers are the ninth seed. Um, I, I'm not picking us. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse to pick <laughs> us. I'm going to, like I said before, I'm going to pick the most trustworthy quarterback of all those teams down there. I, um, so I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan, I trust him. I'm not sure if he's as good as Kirk Cousins, but I trust him. So I'm going with him and Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts. And I can't name a single defender on that team, but I know they're more frisky <laughs> than the Vikings. Good. I love Arthur Smith. Okay. Too. Who you got? Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'd love to, if the Falcons showed any kind of a pulse at all, that would have been kind of my pick, too. But they lost to the Panthers. And Sam Darnold didn't really have to do anything for them. So that's, oh, man, that's the thing. It's like I can't come up with a great answer for you. I I think right now, I think that the 49ers, uh, the Seahawks might be done unless Wilson comes back, guns blazing. But I think the 49ers have probably the most talent. I, I would probably pick them because, again, we have the Packers, the Bucks, the Cardinals, and the Rams. Those got, those are all in. Cowboys are definitely in. Those are five. The Saints have obviously they're, – they're five and two. They're, they should be in the mix even without uh, without Jameis. I still I, – I'd, I'd pick the 49ers over the Falcons just because the Falcons can play some really boring football. And, of course, with uh, Ridley out for an undisclosed amount of time, I, I just don't like their offense to be as explosive as they need. And what's – Still is a really you know they have the defending Super Bowl champs. Of course, the Niners have a have a gauntlet there too. But yeah, I'm not picking the Vikings. Who <laughs> you? <laughs> so so you're going 49ers? Niners. Yeah, I got the Niners. Niners. I don't feel great about it, but I feel better about them than I feel about the Vikings. Well, hey, I, I guess neither of us are picking the Vikings right now. We'll see. Maybe we'll pick them after next week if we beat the Ra- the Ravens. If y'all have got score predictions for Sunday, put them in the comments right now. We'll be back. I, I hope you didn't miss us too much because I grew out the mustache for you. Eric. It's wonderful. Score prediction. Well, hey, well, we can't. Yeah, okay. Score prediction. Yeah, we can't leave without that. So, like I said, I think they can put up some points. They can sustain some drives. I don't think it's going to be enough. I, I think the – a lot of money's coming in on the, on the Ravens. Even though I think the spread started at five and a half, and it's already up at six and a half. I'd still be comfortable taking the, the Ravens by a touchdown. I will say thirty to twenty, and not just because not because the Vikings make a lot of stops. I just think it's a pretty fast moving game with the with the with the way that Lamar and the rest of that offense can just basically run out all over and 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 pass enough to score points. I I I'd, I'd love to pick the upset here, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, Ravens coming off a frustrating game against Cincinnati Bengals. Can we pass like the Bengals pass? I think we can. 
but in theory, I don't think sure. it's going <laughs> to. In theory, will we? Big Dalvin Cook game coming. Dalvin Cook over 100 yards. Vikings lose by five points. I don't. I don't know who scores what, but we're going to lose by five, and Dalvin's going to have a day. That's it. Okay, you're picking them to beat the spread. That's good. All right. <laughs> Great work by everyone in the comments today. That was that was a uh, most lively conversation I think we've had all season. Thanks, y'all. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climb in the Pocket. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.